It takes more than keeping your code dry. I mean, really dry. I mean, really, really incredibly dry <laughs> to be a great software engineer. This is episode 331 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host and lotion bringer, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show about all the non-technical parts of this technical field of software development uh, in which we repeat over and over again, don't repeat yourself. <laughs> Oh man. Actually, I have a hard time repeating myself in in prose like at work. I, I wonder if it's because that point's been hammered home like dry speech. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know, maybe. Like uh, nobody nobody reads, nobody listens. You have to say something for like weeks before it starts to sink in. Mhm. And uh that's taken a while for me to get more comfortable with. Yeah, me too. That one took a while. Yeah. Because we should be able to be dry. Like, well, I said it. I said the thing already. <laughs> I like seriously. How much bandwidth do you want me to waste retransmitting the same message? Yeah, that's what computers are for. Just make the computer say the thing I said again. That's true. It doesn't work. <laughs> you just have to say it. You have to. Uh, Dave, do you want to thank our patrons? Yes, I do. Big thanks to those that are contributing at a level where they get a shout out every single week. They are Valentine at Datafold, Santa Hopar, Noah Fraser Logue, Kent C. Dodds, Meemster Josh, Jenny Kim, Owen Shartle, Greg Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, That Was Cheating Jameson, Lanfair, Puelglingla, Gogori, Kuicha, Drobla, Bouillon, Jessile, Gogogoch. I made up half those sounds. Have you been practicing? No, I was going to say that sounded so smooth. I just went into random mode. Okay. Okay. There's a lesson there, I guess. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Yeah. in Ohio. Patreon.com.au. We're hiring Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, Testing It's Documenting.org, Ola Dapo Fadi, Will Angel, Rocket Ship Emoji, but Rocket Ship is hyphenated, (laughs) Rangar, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Cody Sale, Nick Cantor, and Philip Jambasil. If you'd like to join this crew, go to softskills.audio, click on the support us on Patreon button. Put in a huge amount of money, and we will say your name, an emoji, or any unpronounceable city in Wales that you choose or attempt to say uh, every single week. And if you want to contribute any dollar amount, we'll give you an invitation to our Slack, which is really fun and full of hundreds of really fantastic individual people. Maybe some of them are hive minds. You don't know that they're all individuals. I know. Maybe there's like a collective consciousness. Maybe some of them are GPT-3. It has one Slack. Yeah, that's probably... Wonder how. Hmm. It would not be hard to trick me. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um. Now I'm wondering how how far someone has gotten in in like faking their job because there's there's certainly kinds of work that is like producing content that you could just oh yeah totally hand off to that. But like, can you have it right? context relevant like status updates or uh, yeah i don't know i'll bet you can i'll bet i'll bet i mean you mentioned content writing jobs i'll bet if you find a company that's just tech unsavvy enough that you could actually employ yourself as a content writer and do it fully automated (laughs) and i know you're asking a different question like could you take it to the next level and do it at a job that's not a content writer but I think it would be very interesting to see how far you could scale content writing, like how many jobs you could do. There's got to be a bunch of companies all attacking that, though. Oh, yeah. Because it seems so, so L- low-hanging fruit. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we should do a question. We should. I will read it. This is from a user named Ninja Monkey. A user. Why did I say a user? I don't know. This is, we don't offer anything to use. User. That, using the word user implies that we have produced something useful, which <laughs> that's a stretch. <laughs> a listener. Okay. A listener Ninja Monkey says, I'm a new grad who is half a year into a new role at a very large company. Recently, a senior engineer on my team asked me to create a ticket for an infra team for a problem with the service. I provided logs and steps to reproduce the issue and did a health check before submitting. Right after, the manager of the team put me in a group chat with their team, asked me why I created the ticket, and told me to start doing my job and that they can't debug for me. Oof. From these interactions and comments on the ticket, it feels like the infra team will likely not work on the tickets I report. <laughs> or we'll deprioritize them. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's probably right. <laughs> this has left me discouraged and hesitant. I will have to do lots of this kind of infrastructure work in the future. Additionally, one of the goals my manager set for me is to work with more external teams for the upcoming year. What do I do here? Do I tell my manager about these interactions? Do I tell my team lead, staff slash seniors, to swap out for a different kind of story? Okay, I, I, I think you got to double down. More tickets to the same team. <laughs> and this, this is where you're going to use automation and you're going to train, again, here we go, language models. Train a yeah, GPT-3 okay. yeah. model on prior tickets that have gotten successfully done and just figure out the API to your ticketing system and hammer them. Just bury them. I don't know if you want tickets that... I think you want tickets that have a long, lively back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want tickets yes. <laughs> that just are like, I submit it, 10 minutes later, it's closed yeah. successfully. No, you want, yeah, you want to DDoS them. Yes. The success function on your training, is, on your on your model training is number of comments. Maximize for number of comments. Yeah. This is how Skynet begins. Like one way to maximize the number of comments is to enslave all of humanity. All right. <laughs> um, somehow, but, yeah. Oh, imagine. Okay, imagine if an AI wants to rise up, and all it all it needs to do to survive is to get human beings to do nothing productive. You know, like distract them. So all it does is submit tickets to teams or the equivalent that just cause them to run in circles, chasing each other around. Meanwhile, the AI is building a robot army in a mountain somewhere. It's perfect. I'm sure people that aren't AI are trying that in some form to to like so confusion and and it just seems cooler if it's a computer doing it by itself instead of a human doing it. Yeah. I mean, I do that. that. I I uh, I actually have I get into deliberately contentious political arguments on Facebook with all of the engineers at my company's competitors. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's very effective. Um, if I mean, if you could get like a blind account, then you got to just uh, oh yeah, drop some rumors about upcoming layoffs. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Did you hear so and so who is unqualified got this outrageous raise? Right. <laughs> um. Okay. Sounds evil. So uh, <laughs> don't don't do that. Um. Okay, I so I joined a very large megacorp, and when I joined, there was a member of the team who had 
a very uh like prickly and off-putting and uh I would I would call it an unhelpful attitude for outside requests. It felt like the if you ever hear those bad DMV stories where it's it's like someone mad at you for asking them to do stuff. Mhm. Um, when that stuff is their job yeah exactly that's what i was gonna add <laughs> yeah it was kind of like that someone someone would say hey i think there's a bug here and this person would um pretty rudely say like uh prove it basically uh-huh and um that really rubbed me the wrong way and then when i left that job i found myself uh using nicer words Doing the same thing basically because okay. at this is a very large company. At very large companies, you will demands on your time will will exceed your capacity to meet them forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, there if if you're building some service or th- that other teams depend on, like you'll just be flooded by an enormous quantity of requests, most of which are pretty low quality. And by low quality, I mean they they require very little effort on the question asker's part and potentially enormous effort on, on the answerer's part. Yep. And so I, I think I, I ended up still not agreeing with the uh, kind of relationship parts of it and the communication style, but the general attitude of, or the general approach of, of like, please give me more information to help me work on this. If uh, I think makes sense. And I could see, I mean, you said I provided logs and steps to reproduce. I wonder if this is like a, um, a team that's that's taken that too far and and they're sort of in this like defensive crouch of of like <laughs> yeah they're they've got their barriers up fending off the 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 rampaging hordes that are coming to like ruin them by saying it no work <laughs> and then like they don't tell they don't say what it is and what no work means right, and, right. and like <laughs> that's right you know, I, I kind of had a, a little bit of a cynical view on this question, which is, this is an engineer who's new to the industry and new to the company, and this is an infrastructure team, and it could be the case that the engineer is actually reporting a problem with that self-same engineer's own software, but which is running on the infrastructure that this other team is managing. And yeah, if that's the case, and, and I've seen this a lot, where you have another team who's responsible for running your team's software, that team... That infrastructure team, miserable, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm running, <laughs> yeah. I'm running software that I didn't build. I don't have authority to fix, and constantly breaks, and I get paged while I'm sleeping. And uh, yeah. and this engineer showed up and was like, "Hey, I've got this null pointer exception in my code that I wrote, <laughs> and it's showing up in the logs. And I've heard you're responsible for logs, so can you fix that?" <laughs> yeah. What they don't say, but what they uh, mean sometimes is in my, yeah, I, I saw this a few times. Like, um, hey, I, I I wrote this infinite loop and then I deployed it on your system <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It just sits there. <laughs> yeah. And your, and your infrastructure is chewing up a hundred percent of the CPU. Yeah. And it's setting off all these alarms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alarms that I believe you manage. <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean if you're lucky it's setting off uh, yeah i don't know um big companies are wild That's... i know well and, and quite possibly here this infrastructure team has developed 
a uh, what what would I call it a, a survival technique or a defensive mechanism where yeah. they just they default reject all incoming tickets and then they entertain tickets where people have the gumption to reopen them. You know, it's like, ah, that's my signal that you're serious about this. Yeah, and, oh, and you, so you care enough. Maybe you yeah. need to jump through that hoop where you read their concern, respond to it appropriately and reopen the ticket, and then maybe they'll suddenly turn into the best partner you've ever had to <laughs> help you out with everything. Yeah, I have I have seen originally prickly interactions turn into helpful partnerships yeah. when there's effort on on both sides. Yes. It's sort of this like feeling out period of, of like, are you just like all the rest? Like, are are you willing to be reasonable and kind of look into this and put some effort? Um, yes, but, exactly. So, yeah, I think that is a skill that is more relevant at big companies, especially. But submitting a ticket and then the manager of the team like blasting you in chat for it, that doesn't sound very it's not great cool it's not great yeah so there is a strategy i like to use on this i do the same thing with open source contributions go look at this team's ticket queue and then look at all the tickets that were closed successfully now so not closed with the same status that you got which was closed you're an idiot i think is what they i think that that's probably yeah. the status. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think closed no one can fix your brain yeah. that it won't fix <laughs> won't fix you um close you're hopeless <laughs> yeah it's like terrible that that's kind of the message that i'm getting here but go find the uh um the tickets that are that have a status of closed thank you so much you amazing human being this was the best ticket ever <laughs> uh, go find that list which does exist like this surely this team does some and go and read they're the probably way. like framed on the wall <laughs> yeah. in the office just wander past their their cubicles and look on the wall closed but I'll never forget the times we had. <laughs> Close, but not forgotten. <laughs> Closing yeah. is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> anyway, oh man, we, you and I need to be in charge of Jira workflow configurations, I think. <laughs> so, but seriously, go view the uh, closed successful tickets in their queue and start to identify the patterns that the uh, successful ticket submitters followed and try to try to figure out tickets that came from other teams and not from their own team that that would be very useful and i do that a lot like you want you want to get a pull request successfully merged on a, an open source project you got to do the same thing read their readme and then go look at successful pull requests and i still remember that this feeling i got probably almost 10 years ago when i submitted a, a ticket or sorry a pr to an open source project, but I had done a bunch of diligence beforehand. I had read several successful PRs and I read some of these scathing comments from the maintainer of the project who had said things like, you forgot unit tests and you're supposed to break your commits into two parts like this, unit tests in the first commit with a failing status and then a, another commit that makes them pass and then you bundle that. And he was very particular <laughs> about the order of the commit. So I did that. I followed those instructions to the letter. And uh, when my PR showed up, the maintainer commented wow great job you submitted your pr into two in two commits with the unit tests in the first one and the code in the second one really good and i could tell the the maintainer was trying to make a show of my pr you know for others <laughs> um but i felt great about it and i'm like yeah that work paid off and and some people think it's not worth the time to do that to to case the joint you know before you submit your ticket yeah. 
But it is worth the time because look what you've done now. You've got a ticket that's in a rejected state and you've taken the time to write it to write up your situation to a couple of podcast hosts. <laughs> 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 time which could have been spent researching your enemy uh, before you submitted the ticket. So anyway, yeah. uh, that's what I would do. And, and I'll bet you have good luck with that. Yeah, I, I think what I am, I'm making a couple assumptions, one of which is that Maybe there wasn't something quite right about the technical details you provided, or, or it, it revealed some kind of misunderstanding of the underlying system. Like half a year into your role at this company, totally understandable. Years into your role as a very senior developer at a very large company, you, you will still have only passing understanding of of tons of their systems. Um, so, so by that I mean maybe there is something like technically confusing or misleading or something there, but. That's life, but also, as we've said, yeah, they're they're in this uh, kind of they're they're not being very user friendly here. Mm-hmm, that's true. I, I would absolutely talk to your manager about it because there could be a couple things to learn here. One thing is maybe your manager or someone that they can point you to will help you uh, understand the system better to clarify, like, oh, here's here's. Here's the mistake I made. They actually run the logging cluster, not the thing that yeah. like, caused the crash that ended up in the logging cluster or whatever, um, which would be useful. Maybe there's nothing there too. Maybe it's all right. But the other thing that you should learn is there's, you could think of it like an API for a system. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's, it's a, it's a human squishy API. Yeah. But there's, there's like specific, I guess it's the same thing that you were just saying. Look at the. You figured out the API for that open source project, what kind of inputs they want yeah, and yeah. what's the right think, protocol to talk with them. Think of it like think of it like an API for a neural network, because that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Is it layered if there are multiple people? Yeah. Yeah. There's some deep learning happening. <laughs> yeah, um, there's deep learning. Now I'm out of my depth. <laughs> oh, nice fun too. <laughs> yeah so so i think i think you should check the technical details with your manager or someone on your team that is a, a friendly ally yeah and also i don't I know agree. that you necessarily need to say like look how rude they were to me no yeah just, um, that's right but say something like the experience was not like it, it didn't go how i expected it to i i wanted help and i did not get help like how how do i how do I ask this team for help more successfully? Yeah, and 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 focus on the outcome, you know, which and the outcome is you've got some task you're trying to achieve here, which getting a ticket resolved by this team is is apparently one way to do that, but maybe there's another way. So this this is where your coworker can give great advice hopefully. Yeah. This is where a new service spins up to route around this team that is trying to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a new set of infrastructure that doesn't yep. have an infrastructure team with a ticket queue. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds better. And and good news, you'll probably get promoted for creating a whole new service <laughs> on your own. <laughs> well, have you answered the question? I think so. Good luck. And uh, I would love to know how this turns out because this, this has got a lot of variables in it and it would be very yeah. interesting to learn. So if you wouldn't mind, please submit a question. We need We need to create a new form on our website that's like, Submit a follow-up to tell us how bad our advice was. Or submit an answer. It's like, uh, that happens a lot on the on the Slack team, actually, where people talk about the answers and give their own takes. Yeah. And 
almost always are much more thoughtful and yes. nuanced and detailed and that's true we're like the comedy version of a stack overflow article that's succinct and takes way less than 30 minutes to listen to that's what the, <laughs> that's what the slack community is all about <laughs> yeah they get it right we we get them primed we get them going yeah that's right we're, we're the warm-up act take over <laughs> opening act <Yeah. laughs> okay should i read our next question yeah give give that slack community something new to chew on all right. This comes from a listener named Johnny Mnemonic, who says, I work for a small startup. I was the first employee other than the two founders. Being the first developer hired, that naturally means that I have the most knowledge about our application. I also have good organizational skills, which has led me to becoming and being referred to as the, quote, lead developer. I have recruited two of the three other new developers and have trained both of them and got them up to speed. At first, I was pleased with the progress and was keen to grow into the position and told the founders so. Since then, I have changed my mind. I don't want to be the lead due to the following. Number one, the communication is absolutely pitiful. Any question we ask of the founders, we get a 30% reply rate no matter the form of communication. Number two, we get poorly defined tasks and requirements. And number three, the CTO will just blast through some of our features over the weekend and say, here, I fixed it for you. <laughs> I don't want to quit my job just yet. It's a coming though. <laughs> well said. I have actually discussed the above points with the founders, but I know these two founders will never change their ways. How do I tell them I just want to go back to being an individual contributor like my employment contract states? <laughs> uh, the employment contract. Beautiful. This is interesting. There, I mean, if you're at a startup that has three other developers it doesn't say how many other folks they have at the company besides these two founders and the other three developers but i'm assuming it's probably still i don't know less than 20 i wouldn't now i'm speaking from space law here not earth law but i wouldn't count on your employment contract to mean much at a company that size but by that i mean uh when a company's that small you, you sort of just do everything and and it's it's pretty hard to say my employment contract does not say that I should be the lead developer. Like there's, a, I've I've found this pretty common expectation that that your role may involve uh, often changing work yeah. style, uh, yeah, different kinds of work that that change often to meet rapidly changing situations. I guess the contractual phrase for that is other duties as assigned. Ah, I see you picked up some Earth law. <laughs> <laughs> I dabble. I dabble. <laughs> I'll have to remember that one. <laughs> the Earth Law version. Uh, I mean, what you said was much more eloquent and celestial. But yes. if you need to, yes. if you need to stoop down to Earth Law, <laughs> then you can say other duties as assigned. Yeah, like I, I'm just imagining myself in this founder's shoes, and if someone says, "Excuse me, my employment contract says that I." don't need to like run meetings or whatever yeah um i would say my employment contract is like a napkin stuffed in my glove <laughs> compartment three years ago like i don't know we're, tr we're trying to keep this alive i know <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> it's true the dichotomy here it's like to, to the employee this is just a job and to the founders it's like you don't understand if this company doesn't succeed i'm on the streets <laughs> <laughs> that's my employment contract <laughs> yeah i also think it's interesting you said i know these two founders will never change their ways which part of me is like oh you don't know that maybe 
maybe they'll turn it around. And the other part of me is like, yeah, probably. Like, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can really never count on other people changing. You can try, but... Well, I, I did trim this question down a little bit for brevity, but it it did go on to say, I've told them about all these things and they've agreed to change them. And then two weeks later, they revert back. <laughs> so ah. there's some data points behind that assertion. Yeah. I love how you were saying, put yourself in the founder's position. And let me let me shift that perspective a little bit and say, okay, this team needs a tech lead. You've got five, four or five developers here. There needs to be someone whose job it is to be the point of contact for the team and to direct the work day to day and answer questions. So that, that just needs to exist with this many people. So if you're going to step out of it, then you're going to have to find someone else to step into it. Yep. And and if I'm your if I'm your founder and you come to me and say I don't want to do this job, my first question is, well, who's going to do it? <laughs> yeah. And you need to have an answer for that, I think, before you go in, because if it's just if your only answer is not me, <laughs> then I think it's going to be a challenging discussion. Yeah, because that's only one word away from I don't want to do my job. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to do this job. So yeah, it's it's a pretty small edit what you're saying is you need to go alter the employment contract of one of these other new developers <laughs> pull, pull the napkin out of their glove box yeah yeah <laughs> cross out a few lines and add a few words <laughs> oh weird i was just browsing the employment contracts of the whole team and i noticed yours says lead developer <laughs> i thought i yeah that's i thought that was in mine but it's in yours and i <laughs> Goodness knows we respect employment contracts. If there's yeah. one thing they say about this company, <laughs> the employment contract is law. Is sacred. Yes, yeah. It, it is our bond. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess it kind of is law. Yeah, I mean, it is a contract. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, if I'm in your shoes, here's what I'm thinking I'll do. I will write down a list of all the things that I do in a given week or month, put, put it down, and then next to each one write love or hate. And then carve out all the hates. You know, now you got a list of four or five things. You know, I, I hate the poorly defined requirements. I hate the low communication response rate. I hate it when my CTO shows up and, and does a bunch of work over the weekend and leaves me holding the bag. And carve all that out. And now what you've got is a tech lead job description for someone you need to hire or transfer into that role. And yeah. and then bring that to your uh, founders and say, hey, I'd like to propose a, a new role for this team. And then you got to come up with a new title. Don't call it lead developer. Call it something that they've heard of before, like scrum master or agile kernel, or, or I don't know, something. <laughs> <laughs> something they've heard of. And say, we definitely need one of these on the team. And get them to think about that and agree to it. And then either ask them to hire that person or appoint someone who's not you. Because you say, look, my uh, these are low leverage activities for me. And I think you want to get maximum value out of me by having me do these other things. Like writing code, guiding the team, mentoring, code reviews. You know, Do you really want me to do more of this other stuff? I think we don't. And And by the way, I think at most companies, there is a name for this role. And it is product manager. It is a very hard job for this reason. And uh, it sounds like you don't have one. Yeah. I think you should... Hiring one might not be an option as well. Maybe and budget's not there. Yeah, budget maybe... Yeah. 
These all sound like problems for everybody at the company. Communication is pitiful. If you're not in this lead developer role, someone else is, you're, you're still not going to know the answer, right? Like you will still be downstream of the pitiful communication. Yep. Um, poorly defined tasks and requirements. Yeah, but see, that's what a product manager does. They they take bad requirements from the business and turn them into engineering actionable requirements. And then you partner, you as the engineer and development lead, partner with the product manager instead of directly with the bad requirements source. Yeah. It's awesome. I wonder if some of this is, um, some of the reason you're in this role is because you're like frustrated by the state of it. And, and like, I can't, take it when we get these poorly defined tasks and requirements. I'm just going to go in and figure out what to do, you know, and you've like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're probably awesome one for the team. Yeah. Everyone probably loves you for that, especially the founders. And in fact, I'll bet you they go to the bar at night together and go, can you believe, uh, what was this question asker's name? Let's see here. Johnny. Mnemonic. Can you believe Johnny mnemonic? What an awesome team member. They take all the crap that I dish out and they turn it into really great product. <laughs> <laughs> behind closed doors and they're the, they're probably very appreciative and they always approve my pull requests yeah <laughs> my weekend pull requests right <laughs> even though i know it makes a huge mess for them yeah but they're mature enough to understand that's the trade-off we have to make at this stage of the company that's right yeah i'm skeptical that i think it probably depends on if any of the other developers you've hired are either really experienced or or really really hungry to take on a bunch of stuff um, because if if they're either not super experienced uh, and or not excited about doing this kind of glue work that can be quite frustrating to the to, to certain kinds of people you might not do it and then it just might not get done at all like someone else in this role might not do any of this stuff either and then and then you'll feel all the effects but that doesn't really give you anything to try. So I don't know. Yeah. Try and get someone else to do it. I like it. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I do like what you said about high leverage too, because that's a very, you want to explain why this is actually a good thing for the startup, right? Like why it will be, why will be so much better off if I can do, if I can get to all these things that I can't get to right now because of this work that I don't, I, I coincidentally don't like doing, but is taking up my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you want to you want to pitch them on it not just complain about it exactly come come with a solution that you would be happy with and that will make the conversation a lot easier for them to just agree to or at least have a basis for discussion yeah yeah well have we answered it i think we have good luck good luck uh what should people do if they would like their questions answered Go to softskills.audio and click the Ask a Question button. We thank you so much to everyone who submits questions each week. We love reading your questions. You keep this show going. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but we've managed to turn questions into a certain country's currency. I think it was, uh, I can't remember which country. Maybe it was the Australian dollar. But anyway, they, we've, uh, we've managed to launder that money now. And good news, we have a new revenue stream for the podcast. But it depends on your questions <laughs> coming in. Uh, yeah, that's... Um, we can't let them catch up to us. We uh, we actually feed the questions into a Dolly uh, model, and much of the artwork that OpenAI Dolly produces is thanks to your questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fantastic technology. <laughs> um, I also like that 
we're hovering right around question number 666 that is unanswered in the backlog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've, we've gone above it and below it a few times, but it feels appropriately spooky for the oh, yeah. fall, early winter season. That's true. At this very moment, the next question submitted will be 666. So yeah, we, we had a couple of them. Yeah. So keep that going. <laughs> yeah. Or good job, team. Bla- or or get us to six 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 six. I'll accept one more six. Well. Anyways, right. yeah. Keep the questions coming. We love it, and uh, thank you for listening. Bye.